and welcome to A2I Dyslexia podcast. It's such a privilege today to have the wonderful Anna Jesuta, who will be speaking on self-care and relaxation um, in terms of for dyslexic people. She's worked with so many people across the board. I've got many years experience in um, self-care relaxation. She is a psychotherapist and um, practitioner and she has MBCAP accredited, based in London. She's a counsellor, mindful teacher, mindfulness teacher rather. Um, and it's so it's so amazing to have um, Anna in in a podcast today um, for our listeners to know how you take care of self and also relaxation. Something that I think I desperately need because at the moment I'm trying to do everything working remotely. Anna, welcome to A to I Dyslexia podcast. It's a pleasure to have you um, on our podcast today uh, to talk about self-care relaxation. Welcome. Please give our listeners an introduction of yourself, what you do, and why it's so important for us to take care of self and also look after ourselves as in well-being. Hello. It's great to have um, this opportunity to talk, and it's lovely to meet you, Elizabeth. Uh, I work um, in during the lockdown. I worked. Um, a lot um, remotely or through Zoom with the whole range of um, client groups and the whole range of issues. Um, and I think it's it's an unusual situation for any therapist because normally we are encouraged to not work with clients who bring issues that we're struggling with currently. So for example, if you had a bereavement as a therapist, you would not take clients with bereavement issues for that time being. Whereas with COVID, um, I cannot bracket myself out and say, oh, you know, it will be just other people's experience. Uh, so I'm going through the same experience as everyone else, which I think is an amazing uh, opportunity for me because I can be my own research and the well-being practice. Um, has been my daily routine and my daily research project as well through throughout uh, the lockdown. So I will maybe, I can share with you what I've practiced and preached um, on my own um, life and in, in my own routine and I hope it will be useful. Um, you said why is it important to look after your mental well-being? Well, nobody questions why it is important to look after your physical body, right? Nobody questions that you need to do exercises or, you know, go to the gym or do some, have some kind of exercising routine and, and nutrition and everything else. And you, everybody knows that you don't wait until your hips go or your knees go to start exercising. It's, it's just normal. Whereas with mental health, it's a bit like a forgotten relative or we just expect for it to be well until it stops being well. And then there is a big surprise like, oh, ooh, where did that come from? Well, did you ever have a look at your mental health? And that's not easy too, 
because with your physical health, you have an immediate feedback from the mirror or from other people. Ooh, you look well. Ooh, you know, you look tired. Whereas with mental health, we don't even know what it looks like. And very often we don't even know ourselves, whether we are well or not. So one of your guests in one of your podcasts said that um, he didn't know that he was depressed all his life because it was his normal state of being. So he didn't even know that there is something out of order with him. Um, and if we don't know that we're tired, we just think that this is our normal state of being. How are we able then to find some kind of antidote for that? So it's really important for us to understand that your mental well-being is equally important and equally um, takes time to figure it out what your mental well-being means to you and what it looks like for you. Is that nice? That's wonderful. But I think before we start that, I'd like to read a little bit about what you do, because when I actually sort of went on LinkedIn and read a bit, I was really blown away with the kind of work you've done um, up till now and in the past. And it's such a privilege to have you um, as one of our guest speakers to actually um, be a voice for many people who um, have got the condition dyslexia and specific learning difficulties and other, um, other conditions as well. Um, so Anna is a qualified mindfulness teacher, runs therapy and workshop with individual and groups. Her mission is to offer mindful therapy to every individual who struggles with work-life balance. Now, most of us are actually struggling with that at the moment. <laughs> We're trying to um, put the washing in at the same time as trying to hang the washing, answer the phone, and also do the emails at the same time. I think this is where it's really important that we get a balance in, in this. So mindfulness help manage and also prevent severe health conditions. It is a tool for your mental hygiene, preventing anxiety and depression before they take a grip. It is your mental flaws, flaws rather, for life. Mm -hmm. I think I might have said that word wrong. And I read that and I thought, you know what, I need that just to stick it on my fridge. Cut it out and stick it on my fridge so I can always keep looking at it. Is that I've got to really take care of myself. Because all I ever do is give, 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 give. And then it's like, oh, hang on a minute, what about me? And I should take care of self, um, really. And um, your work is phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. Prior to this, you had the other work that you were doing. What made you change careers, Anna? Is there... Did you go went through an experience and thought, actually, I don't do this no more. I'd rather do this. Um, I think I was, um, I was pressured by life by finding out that the career I was in was completely wrong for me. Uh, I was, before I trained as a psychotherapist, I was a lawyer. Um, I was a barrister for a few years. It was so long ago that it's just an anecdote now, but still. Uh, and... I decided that I will never be as good as my colleagues. And it's not in a, some, some kind of self-degrading uh, you know, way. I was good enough, but I didn't feel like I have enough enjoyment and passion when I looked at others. I was saying like, why well, I'm painting by numbers here. This is really not my thing. Uh, and life helped me was was that shift because I moved countries and then I had um, my children and then 
when the time came that I had to make a decision about my work-life balance and there was a possibility of going back to law, my whole body just went into spasm and went like, no. I thought, oh, maybe it's a sign that no. <laughs> and, and that's, um, you know, and quite by accident, I found, oh, maybe that's what I do. I could do because I always, as a lawyer, I liked, I was in the wrong, I was out of tune because I like listening to people's stories. And when it came to finding a legal issue, I would just get disconnected. You know, I would just wilt. Uh, so I thought, oh, that career, that's that line of work is really all about people's stories, about people's lives. And uh, it never goes out of that. That's where you need to be focused. And that's where I feel I can make um, a difference, where I can help people. You know, often people come to counselling or to my, my sessions um, thinking that there is so much wrong with them. There is so much, you know, because of the history, because of what other people tell them, what they tell themselves. But what is needed is really just like a few little tweaks in how the mind works. Just a few little uh, pointers of how you can see things differently, how you reframe what you see into a slightly more um, friendly image. And then the whole perception of reality changes and it's so much easier to, uh, to contend with, with reality. Wow. Oh, thank you so much for that. It's such a beautiful way of, you know, introducing yourself and why you switch careers, which is amazing. So I'm going to dive straight into my first question. What is self-care and why is self-care so important? Okay. So I think I, I touched on that a little bit before. It is important mm. as mm. much as it is important to look at your physical body. Um, mm. And it's more difficult because you can't immediately see when it goes wrong. So you can be under illusion mm. that you are well, because your physical body very quickly gives you signs. Very quickly, there's like a, a visible um, cue that something's wrong. And then, you know, we can only ignore it for so long. But if the tooth hurts, eventually... You just have to go. Whereas with the mind, it's so much easier to push it and push it and push it and pretend or even not know that, that something's wrong. And why is it important? It's important because A, uh, that's how you know, your mental wellness is uh, how you relate with the world and how you um, react with, with the world. And also because if you don't look after your mental wellness, sooner or later, it can become a somatic experience. It can turn out into like somebody working too much and losing their voice, for example. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's why I said I might book some sessions with you, Anna. I definitely need my voice back <laughs> at some point. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Right, lovely. Oh, thank you for that. That's really lovely. Thank you so much. I'm just going to go to my second question. How can any dyslexic who's working remotely practice self-care and what have I got here? And relaxation to get work-life balance. We're all working remotely. We're all sort of feeling under pressure. 
and we're just doing it. I think some people are working too mm. very late. Some people are very early. Um, how, how can we practice um, sort of self-care and relaxation? I mean, I know perhaps if, if it was face-to-face, -face, you would tell us what to do physically. But now you're doing Zoom sessions, what would be some of the things you'd recommend? When, when the, the situation changed, you know, when we went into lockdown and, and the world kind of collapsed, the structure that we knew collapsed, uh, we were faced with this reality that was completely unknown, the uncharted territory. And we were always told that we can only function if there is a discipline kind of coming from outside in. So I'm only working because I'm told to work. And also that's what employers made us believe. And that was this constant um, doubt in, in, in the human being that if you just let them be as they are, they are lazy. They are lazy and they will just turn into a blob and never get out of bed. Mm. It turns out nine months later that people are still getting out of bed and working, if not less, if anything, working more. And there is this new phenomenon that I never heard about it before opposite to work absenteeism is called presenteeism. There is an anxiety in people that they have to be always visible, always show up to the Zoom meetings and everything because there is no other way they can prove to the employer that they are useful. And that creates a completely different um, type of anxiety. And on my example, I can see what I've discovered, how we can look after ourselves. Um, if I have, if my view of myself is, I'm a bad person, I'm a lazy person, I only work because I have to, and I don't really like my work, then of course, if there is no external discipline, I'll be very worried and I'll be constantly doubting, have I done enough, have I, is it okay that I have um, a nap in the middle of the day? If I have a sense of self that is self-affirming, if I think of myself, I'm a good person, I'm a decent person, of course I like to work and I love what I'm doing, why would I not do it if I can? Then my whole structure comes from inside out and it's built, built on my trust in my own goodness and in my own decency basically so how to structure then becomes a very personal and very individual issue discipline becomes a very intimate and personal issue between you and yourself not between you and some external body that uh, pronounces you this or that and i think i might be wrong but there is this caveat that people with dyslexia are very good in situations in being outside the box. Well, come on, people, we are in the outside the box world now. Which, Absolutely. you know, yes. all, all the ones who were always sort of paranoid and striving to structure and to rigid kind of grids and systems are the ones who are the most affected, I think, because their sense of stability has kind of been exploded. But 
for people with dyslexia who thrive on flexibility and thrive on new patterns and new ways of, of seeing things, I think that can be, this situation can be welcome as something that, ooh, we've got an edge here, you know, we've got a head start because you are used to creating your own way of doing things um, just so that people leave you alone and let you get on with things. So I think maybe rather than telling your, uh, your listeners what to do, what not to do, I thought I would just give you that piece of um, inspiration or, or belief that you just do what you've always done because you, that's what you're used to. Fantastic. Do you know what? You hit the nail right on the head um, out of the box thinkers. As much as I am sort of all over the place and not as organized and we're losing the voice and everything else, I'm also loving the fact that I'm the only person in my front room trying to get a report done. And I love the total silentness. It's so quiet. You know, there's no phone ringing. There's no one coming in to ask me a question. It's just me and my PC and my beautiful four walls. And I think what you said is just so amazing because I never really dreamt that there'll be a time where I could have total silence to work and get what I need to be done, done properly. Is it true, Elizabeth, that if you have something that needs to be done, you will do it? Absolutely, yes. Is it true that you will do it Maybe one day you will work longer and then another day you will work a little less because you were tired from the day before. Yes. But overall, you will always deliver. Always deliver. Absolutely. I rest my case, Your Honour. <laughs> Sorry, Anna, I just have to laugh there. <laughs> that is absolutely phenomenal. I love that. Absolutely lovely. And I really hope that our listeners are really taking, um, you know, taking this point on and try to practice that. Because there's so many different ways of working, and you're so right, Anna, in the sense that we were sort of told to do it this way, and this is how it's going to be done. And we, it was so rigid pre-COVID. Well, in a way, we can actually be very productive in our own space, and it doesn't matter if we can't spell that word. You ask Google 20 million times, and I'm sure Google will give you the right way to do it. Oh, Google's and, so patient. <laughs> and it's just absolutely beautiful. I mean, you just summed it up for me, which has been a kind of a therapy, really, as I'm talking to you, because I've never looked at it that way. I'm still setting up to the pre-COVID time. I think we need permission, you know, we need permission to, to say, I am good enough, you know, mm. I am at this stage of life that I really have enough evidence under my belt that I can do life. Thank you very much. Absolutely. That's awesome. Oh, I could talk to you all day, Anna. Honestly, really lovely. Now, just one sort of last question. Um, what are some mindfulness tips you could give us? Just one or two. Some um, kind of relaxation or mindfulness. Or are they two different, um, are they two different subjects? Is mindfulness different from relaxation? They are not, yes. they can overlap, but they are not the same. So mindfulness mm. is um training your mind to stay in the moment so not to run over to too many things where relaxation is um helping your mind to sort of let go so they are not not uh, necessarily the same 
what I prepared for you are some tips for self-care. Wonderful. Uh, which I can run through quickly. So, you know, the tip number one is look after your physical body. Because if your physical body is not in good nick, your mind will not be able to function. So basic things like sleep, rest. Uh, very often we are irritable, we are um, angry, ratty, and we think it's because of something that is in front of us on the paper, but maybe it's just because we're tired. When I'm tired, I'm tearful and I lose sense of humor. Mm. And it's not because the world just lost its colors, it's because I'm tired. So it's very important to tune into your physicality and make it work for you, not against you. Mm. Number two, the diet. Just like you have diet for your body, be really careful what you ingest, what you let your consciousness absorb. So it's so easy to be overwhelmed with the amount of horrible news everywhere. It just, it's just assaulting us constantly. But just because it's there doesn't mean that we have to constantly eat and eat and eat. Just because you have junk food in the shop shelves doesn't mean that you always have to put them in your shopping basket. Watch things, like if you have to watch news, watch just once a day, seriously, one portion of Boris a day is enough. <laughs> yes, I agree. <laughs> Everyone, whether you're a fan or not, I think it's enough because you, there is not a lot of great news to be delivered now. Um, watch things that nurture you. Just before we came here, I was running a group and we were talking about just that, guilty pleasures. Of, if you, of course, we have to watch things just to... to um, decompress so i'm not saying don't watch television or don't do media but just be mindful how much of it and where you go with it you know watch a cooking program if you like watching that or friends or somebody said they relax they watch the train journeys i think michael portillo's train journeys or something i do love that as well actually i do find it quite therapeutic there you go for for me that one particularly is like um like a root canal treatment but you see different strokes for different folks Uh, but but know it and do it and 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 apply it with love like do i need to have my phone in my bed first thing i wake up or maybe i can have a book or i can have you know some something um knitting or a photo album with my kids whatever something that your consciousness goes ah, rather than be alert like a meerkat you know on this after three espressos uh so that's that the third thing which i really really like is do something silly every day and silly and pointless because our culture is so focused on achievement and if you focus on achievement, it immediately brings failure or success. Do something that has no notion of, or fa- of failure or success. Do something pointless. You know, like um, the, the Buddhist monks create mandalas, these intricate sand little sculptures, which they then destroy just because. It, but it's something like this, you know, create a beautiful, beautiful meal, beautiful beautifully decorated salad and then eat it (laughs) and it's gone it's gone there is no point in it but 
you've just you've just done something completely for yourself completely just to make your your mouth smile from from ear to ear so that's that's the the next one uh, don't believe everything you think or feel that's the mindfulness thing in mindfulness we separate the thinking mind from the from the reflecting mind so when we're running around when the mind is going oh i'm not you know i have to do this i have to do this or this is horrible you can kind of step out and think is it true is it really true do i do i have to believe my anxiety do i have to believe my fear it's like with the body every time you feel hunger it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to eat isn't it it may mean that you comfort eat or that you're anxious or you know you want to buy yourself time so you don't always have to believe the hunger feeling it's the same with other feelings so it's it's nice to play with it and and sort of have a little bit of a distance to your own internal world and then you're not always absorbed you're not always an actor in the movie that your mind is creating you can step out and be a viewer and maybe the last one is just Talk to your mind a lot, you know, have a relationship with your mind. Like we have a relationship with, with the body and go, oh, you know, poor me, I had too much sun. Or, oh, you know, there is a little bit here that needs a little bit of cream. Or mm. same with the mind. Like, oh, you're tired. Oh, you're a bit anxious today. Oh, you know, my mind is like, oh my God, my son hasn't phoned me for three days. He must have been abducted. He's in New Zealand. So, do I have to not quite. Do I have to believe it? Maybe he just mm. maybe he doesn't charge his phone. Yes. No, just just think about it. Just mm. for a second. So we just we develop a, a little bit of a distance to our own internal world. And once you do that, it's actually life becomes quite funny and quite entertaining when you think like, oh my god, did I really think that? Mm. Um yes, and and I think if you do at least one of them each day, it will make a difference. Fantastic. I I'm, I'm think I'm definitely going to practice the salad. I would definitely be practicing the salad bit. The salad. <laughs> yes, I'm going to get all the salad I can get, all the different colors. I'm going to build something beautiful and just eat it. <laughs> I just think it's so great. Um, such a pleasure having you on our podcast um, today, Anna. Yes. You've actually really brightened up my day. It's just been such a, it's like, um, I don't know, you know, they say laughing is good for us. Mm. And yeah, and I, it's just been so amazing after a hard day's work and listening to all the tips that you've given, which when we share the podcast, we will actually put those in a caption as well. And I hope that any dyslexics that's listening to this podcast right now, or anyone with specific learning, or even if, if you don't have dyslexia, but you happen to have this podcast, then do practice some of these things that Anna has shared with us. Because it's very, very important that we stop, think and recharge again. Maybe just one little thing that I wanted to say about, about the anxiety. You know, we are living in the times of uh, the joint sort of common trauma. Like we, we are fighting a war, even though there are no bombs. You know, so everybody is carrying the additional anxiety. It's like, imagine that if we went all to sleep and overnight the covid fairies gave everybody a backpack an invisible backpack weighing like 10 kilograms worth of anxiety 
So we don't quite see it, we don't quite know it, but we mm -hmm. kind of know that we're more tired. So please, when you feel tired, don't say, how do I feel tired and I haven't done anything? Why do I feel maybe upset if nothing bad has happened? Bad things are happening all the time and they are you know, stored in consciousness. Your parents, maybe you're worried about them, they are abroad or you know, your friends are in a different country and this country is in a, in a difficult position or you, know, you, you don't know about your children, whether they will be safe at school. So these are all the things that run and that they are a reasonable worry. It's not fair to say mm -hmm. to your anxiety, oh, just go away. Your anxiety tries to help you. So it's important to say, to acknowledge, this is the time where some anxiety is inevitable. So don't go for like, you know, 100% non-anxious sort of individual because that's, that's not realistic. What a wonderful way to end the podcast. Thank you so much, Anna. And of course, our listeners, just before you go, your social media handles, um, if anybody wants to tap into your services, um, can they reach you on LinkedIn? Or can they reach you on, are you on Insta or, or Facebook or anything like that? Just um, if anybody needs your services. Yeah. Yeah, so I, um, I'm on LinkedIn. So it's Anna Jesuita on LinkedIn. And on Facebook, uh, my page is Anna Jesuita Mindfulness. And on Instagram, it's the same, Anna Jesuita Mindfulness. Um, and you can find me there. And my website is jesuitatherapy.co.uk. And you can contact me through the website um, anytime. Anna, you are absolutely phenomenal. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for sharing all your knowledge with us. And um, what can I say? But thank you. We would like to thank Wimbledon Foundation for um, giving us the amazing funding to run this project, for having such amazing guests who've come in, uh, on our podcast and spoken about all the things we should be doing uh, during COVID-19. A massive thank you to Wimbledon Foundation for supporting this project. And to all our listeners, thank you. Wonderful. See you soon. Take care, everybody. Look after your well-being. Look after self and practice some of Anna's relaxation stuff that she shared with us. Thank you. See you next week, same time, same place. Thank you, everybody. Bye for now. The Aspire to Inspire Dyslexia podcast is funded by the Wimbledon Foundation and presented by Elizabeth Tashi. It's produced by Salt and Pepper Productions.